Hello and welcome to The Woman Who. I'm Clara Ampho. And in this series, I'll be bringing you the remarkable stories of some of the world's most inspirational women. From pioneers of fashion, literature and television to the boldest activists, athletes and campaigners. These are the tales of the fearless. Women who have defied convention, broken boundaries and pushed the limits of what's possible. I'll be taking a deep dive into their lives, reliving their struggles and setbacks, their loves and losses, and how they overcame every obstacle in their path to achieve unimaginable success. These women are the real deal. This is the story of the woman who made TV look like the real world and conquered network television award-winning writer, showrunner, and creator, Shonda Rhimes. As a young child growing up in the suburbs of Chicago, Shonda could often be found playing in her favorite place, sitting on the floor of the kitchen pantry, making up elaborate stories about a kingdom comprised entirely of tinned goods. Her parents didn't worry about her. Both academics, they decided she was simply exercising her imagination and let her be. Only interrupting every now and then to grab a tin of vegetables. It's not that she didn't have anyone to play with. Little Shonda was the youngest of six siblings. It's just that she preferred the company of the characters in her mind. As she dreamt up tales of plots and assassinations and revolutions among the peas and green beans. Little did anyone know it at the time, but the three-year-old Shonda was already on a course to greatness as she played with her kingdom of vegetables. Decades later, her days would be spent much the same, sitting in the world of her imagination, inventing wild and compelling storylines of love, politics and ambition. The only difference would be that as an adult, those stories would be enjoyed by millions and millions of people. Out of the mind of that weird little kid in a pantry, the world gained Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, Bridgerton and more, and Shonda would become one of the most powerful people in television. Here's how Shonda described herself as a child. Highly intelligent, way too chubby, incredibly sensitive, nerdy, and painfully shy. I wore Coke bottle thick glasses. Two cornrow braids traveled down the sides of my skull in a way that just was not prissy on me. And here's the kicker. I was often the only black girl in my class. I did not have friends. Although she didn't fit in at school, Shonda positively thrived when she got to university. In fact, she had such a good time at Dartmouth that on the day of her graduation in 1991, she lay on the floor of her dormitory room and cried while her mother packed up her things. She had loved university life, running a theatre company, studying English and harbouring dreams of someday becoming a luminary literary figure like Toni Morrison. Years later, she would actually meet Toni Morrison, who only wanted to talk to her about the twists and turns of Grey's Anatomy. Mm. 
devastated at the prospect of leaving her education, she decided to keep it going. She read an article in the New York Times which said that it was harder to get into USC's film school than it was to get into Harvard Law. Well, her competitive spirit was peaked. She applied and got in. Not only that, but she graduated at the top of her class and launched into the precarious world of Hollywood with top credentials, but an uphill climb. Trying to make it as a writer in Hollywood is no mean feat. Most people never break through. When she first arrived in LA, Shonda knew no one. At her first job as an assistant, she would drive around the corner from the studio on lunch breaks to cry in her car. She wanted to be a writer, but this job had her feeding the studio's fish. Thankfully for Shonda though, she never stopped writing. Shonda's earliest big projects had mixed reviews. She wrote Crossroads starring Britney Spears in 2002, which was panned by critics, but beloved at the box office. The Princess Diaries 2 in 2004 did less well, but gave her the chance to work with Julie Andrews and Anne Hathaway. And in 2005, Shonda struck gold with my personal favourite, Grey's Anatomy, the hugely popular show about young medical interns trying to build their careers and navigate their love lives in a Seattle hospital. It's now in its 19th season. Even with a huge hit on her hands, Shonda's imagination never slowed down. She added a spin-off series, Private Practice, followed by the political and legal thrillers, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder. In all of her shows, Shonda wrote people of colour and LGBTQ people into starring, complicated, fully realised roles. The stakes of this were so high that Shonda worked herself to the bone. Scandal was the first show in nearly 40 years that had a network drama starring an African-American woman. If a show like Scandal didn't succeed, Shonda worried. Who knows how long it would take for another to come along. Like Grey's though, Scandal was yet another Shonda hit. The network, ABC, ended up handing its entire Thursday night of primetime programming to Shondaland, the name of Shonda's production company. Thursday nights are known to be some of the most important and lucrative in television. Handing it over entirely to one-woman shows was absolutely unprecedented. Despite her huge success, Shonda was not exactly happy. She dreaded the spotlight and turned down every event, party and publicity interview she was invited to. The thoughts of public speaking or going on television sent her into a panic attack. In fact, the only thing that didn't stress her out at all was writing. As she described it, creating worlds, characters, stories has always been where I am most at ease. With the empty whiteboard of an episode before me, I slip into a zone of calm confidence. I feel the hum. Making television for me is blissful. I can make up stuff the other way people can sing. I've simply always been able to hit all the notes. 
Outside of writing, Shonda was a wreck. Then, one Thanksgiving day, her older sister made an offhand comment that would change her life. You never say yes to anything. Shonda realised with shock that despite her soaring career and lovely three children, she was a little bit miserable. She decided to change that and spend a whole year saying yes to everything. She ended up writing about the life-changing experience in a hilarious book, Year of Yes, which documented the hard work of deciding to do all the things that terrified her. Shonda found herself giving speeches, accepting awards and going on television. As a result, she finally began to believe in her worth and her own badassery. Shonda's newfound confidence came in handy in her next big career move. Over 15 years since the start of Grey's Anatomy, Shonda has made an estimated $2 billion for Disney, which owns the ABC network. As part of her compensation, Shonda received a few passes to Disneyland. One day, her sister wanted to go to Disneyland with Shonda's daughters. So she called Disney to check that she could transfer her own pass to be used by her sister that day. When her sister arrived at the park, though, the pass didn't work. Shonda called a Disney executive to find out what happened. She said she was asked, don't you have enough? Shonda had been feeling frustrated by ABC for years, tired of fighting over budgets and content. I felt like I was dying, she later explained, like I'd been pushing the same ball up the hill in the exact same way for a really long time, being treated like a difficult woman. When ABC owed so much to her was the final straw. She called her lawyer and asked him to get her out of her ABC contract. Shonda was now taking Shondaland to Netflix. She signed a nine-figure deal to bring her 50-person Shondaland company over to the streamer. It was a chance to get back doing what she loved most, writing stories for television. She's already executive produced the sexy Regency drama Bridgerton and wrote Inventing Anna about the famous Manhattan socialite scammer Anna Delvey. With at least 12 other projects under development, Shondaland's Netflix era is only just getting started. Now Shonda is far from the end of her career, but her legacy has already been cemented. She not only broke into, but conquered the closed off, mostly white and mostly male world of Hollywood. She's won Peabody and Golden Globe Awards and has been inducted into the Broadcasting Hall of Fame and her shows have changed the way Americans see themselves on mainstream television. The goal, she explained in a speech to the Human Rights Campaign, is that everyone should get to turn on the TV and see someone who looks like them and loves like them. And just as important, everyone should turn on the TV and see someone who doesn't look like them and love like them, because perhaps they will learn from them. I'm normalising TV. I'm making TV look like the world looks. Women, people of colour, LGBTQ plus people equal way more than 50% of the population, which means it ain't out of the ordinary. I'm making the world of television look normal.
The Woman Who podcast series has been brought to you by Fennec, the UK's department store of distinction since 1882. Tune in each week to uncover the story of a new inspirational woman and head to fennec.co.uk for more information. If you've been enjoying Fennec stories of inspiring women, please don't forget to subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast app. Why not share it too, as it helps other people to hear about it. The Woman Who is a Radio Wolfgang production, written by Hannah Jewell and read by me, Clara Antho. The producer is Cass Denton. Sound design is by Ivor Manley. And the executive producer is Ellie Martino. Martino.